sing the Geek Nerd song. Geek. Nerd. Geek loves. Nerd. Nerd loves. Geek. At least she did. I like Haven't asked. Lately. She's still living. She has a gold ring. I gave her on her left ring finger. At least she hasn't figured. At least she hasn't figured out I think Geek Loves Nerd. Yeah. This episode of Geek Loves Nerd is brought to you by DrawYouAPicture.com and GoToMeeting and GoDaddy.com, where the code PODNAME121 can save you money on your next domain name. Geek Loves Nerd, trying to find something in common since This is Geek Loves Nerd Podcast, episode 61, and it is brought to you the week of what? Uh, December 29th. 29th, that's right, that's right. Let's turn that music on down. I gotta put a, I gotta put a fade out on there. Anyway, um, welcome. Welcome back. It's been a while. What's the deal, Jen, with you and not doing shows? Oh, I, it's a big problem of mine. I mean, you do all the production work. I know, it's just so much work, I, I can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> Anyway, welcome back, folks. Sorry we haven't done one since, like, November 23rd. It's crazy. Just one month and a week. Ugh, it's terrible podcasting, though, to do that. It is. But we've we've had a busy life. We have. And we'll talk a little bit about that in, in just a bit. But I just want to say before I forget that the uh, awesome, cute, cuter-than-cute uh, uh, song was by uh, Carrie's little, little kid. He's, he's almost two and a half years old, and... Uh, he he. Basically, she says, "I I uh, wanted to email you this uh, audio file of your song." He, he says, "This is me and my almost two and a half year old. He knows more than I was letting him sing. I'm amazed he didn't get it after uh, for the parts I left out." Anyway, um, she says, "What are the words after she has a gold band I gave her on her left ring finger? I can never get that part." So um, it says she has a gold. I, I can just quote the whole thing. Why don't I? Go ahead. Okay. Geek loves nerd. Nerd loves geek. <laughs> At least she did late last week. I haven't asked lately because she's still living here and that's more than I deserve. She has a gold band I gave her on her left ring finger and so do I and that's enough I figure. At least she hasn't figured out I stink. Uh, we don't have much in common, just our kids and our address, but we get along fine, and that's what I'm impressed with. So join us for our podcast every week, and then Jen sings. I don't sing <laughs> ever at all in the song. Geek loves nerd. Yeah, thank you for And then singing. you say, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, that's Jen's voice at the end. You didn't know. I also say trying to find something in common <laughs> since 1996. No, that's that's our friend Jen Page, who's in Florida right now, I think. Really? Yeah. It's weird. Anyway, uh, that's from Carrie, idiot girl, in the forums. I didn't call her that. That's what she calls herself. So thank you so much. I know you thought it'd never get in the show, but... Uh, it did. So uh, today, though, a little later, we're going to be talking about the book Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. So uh, hang tight for that. And we'll be getting to that right after this. You've heard us talking about GoToMeeting for some time, but do you know why we think it's the best way to host an online meeting? Uh, it's easy meeting entry. You can join meetings in seconds. No complicated setups. Attendees don't even need an account. It has very simple features. You can share keyboard and mouse control or switch presenters. You can share just a certain program or your entire screen. You can even record your meetings. And there's integrated audio. Phone conferencing numbers are included in email invitations and on the control panel. And voice over IP begins instantly when you start the session. Our listeners can try GoToMeeting and all these awesome features for free for 30 days that's a month of unlimited online meetings free, but you do need to go right now to gotomeeting.com slash podcast. Again, that's www.gotomeeting slash podcast brought to you by Citrix and uh, support yourself and our show, Geek Loves Nerd, with GoToMeeting. Also, it's brought to you by uh, our dear friend who we've never met in life, uh, Dean Piercy. I like Dean. Dean, Jen really wanted to sing you a special song. Um, Take it away, Jen. No, I didn't. Sorry, Dean. I like you, but I don't sing. Here it is. Sing the theme song from uh, Geek Loves Nerd. I'm not singing it. Come on. No. Come on. No. An almost two and a half year old could do it. Yeah, they were much better than me. (laughs) I'm not singing it. I will get Jen to sing eventually. Hey, let's do some updates. I mean, it's been since uh, before Thanksgiving that we've done a show and the people want to know. How has life been in Florida for you? The good, the bad, the ugly, the otherwise. Because people that have been following the show, I'm enamored with our story. And I'm not even an outsider. So I know that people that listen to the show must want to know what's going on. Because if they followed us, they've heard us talk about, like, we felt something was coming. Mm -hmm. And then they started hearing us talking about something we couldn't talk about, a major life change. Yep. And and then all of a sudden we're moving and then all of a sudden we're not doing shows. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, here we are. Our dream come true. Your dream come true. Tell us. Tell Tell us as much as you want to tell us. Well, we've been super busy. Lots of events with the holidays, which has been really fun. Yeah, we got here like right before Thanksgiving, and it's yeah. just been nonstop until I mean, I right think, after Christmas. I think there was one week in there that we did something every single night. It's been awesome, but it's been, it's yeah. still stress. Very busy. You no know, good stress, bad stress, it's all stress. Yeah, it is. And it's been, it's been hard to get used to a different place, much mm-hmm. harder than I thought. Like not knowing where everything is, very annoying. Yeah, you blew my mind when you said that you were missing Kansas City. Do you dare dare comment on that? <laughs> I just miss the familiarity yeah, of everything. I, think that's I it. mean, and there were good people there that that we were close to, but yeah. I mean I, I don't like pine to visit it anytime right. soon. But I do you know, I knew my way around. We lived there for ten years. I knew what people meant when they said, you know, this part of the city or that part. I knew where all the stuff was. Well in St. Peterburg uh, Peterburg, 
Peterburg. You know, do you know St. Petersburg? I work with him. He's a great <laughs> boss. Um, no, uh, St. Petersburg is a great city, but it is different. I mean, everything about our life is different. Where we're sending our kids to school, our church, our jobs, our, our, our home, our location. It's it's literally, I mean, we're fish out of water. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the climate, completely different. Mm-hmm. Very weird. Which has been pretty nice, actually. Yeah, it has been. But our clothes don't match up well. No, they don't. No, okay. socks and flip-flops. I haven't acquired my, my perfect match-up yet. <laughs> socks and I flip-flops. saw a kid, a teenager, a, a trendy teenager wearing socks and flip-flops today. And mm. I'm like, what have we come to? We're Who in knows? Florida. Who knows? The rules are different here. I saw an outdoor laundromat today. Mm-hmm. An outdoor laundromat. Janet was a porch with laundry stuff. People doing their laundry in, in a gravel parking Which lot. Which sounds about like the kind of stuff you'd see in Mexico. Very odd. Wow. What? There goes all our Mexican listeners. Oh my gosh. Great. But you're right. No, you see it, random it, it stuff like that. It because people have the temperature. I mean, the, the right temperature, year-round mm-hmm. temperature. So it wasn't a slam on Mexico as much as it was a slam on the sun. Yeah, it is a slam on the sun. Darn sun. Um, it has been cold this week. It's in the 60s. <laughs> it's freezing. 50s. It's dipping to the 40s tonight, and um, everybody's got their parkas on. Yeah, we're going out to try to buy some clothes because I'm hot. I'm hot all the time, and all I have, I have the, is long clothes. And what do they have in the stores, Jen? Sweaters, parkas, <laughs> woolly socks, fleece. Fleece is everywhere. I tried to buy the kids pajamas. You know, I always get them Christmas pajamas so they mm-hmm. can wear them Christmas Day or mm-hmm. Christmas or New Year's Eve. Or anyway, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Anyway, all of them are fleece, long sleeves, flannel. It's like these kids would die of heat exhaustion if I put <laughs> dressed them in that. So, Mm-mm-mm. yeah, people are freezing around here. Oh, my gosh. I, I saw was, somebody with a parka and like a, a wool winter hat on when it was like 58. Scary. I was burning up. I was dying until it finally dropped. Yeah. The, the temperature finally dropped a little bit. I was dying. And, and in my office, I was hot. And I would I would open the window and people would come in. Oh, it's cold in here. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, I don't know. What was it? One of the days. Oh, I went to ask if the heat was on before I figured out my office had a window. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't even have a furnace. Our furnace hasn't worked for three years. <laughs> the church hasn't bothered to fix it because they never need it. How do you not need your heat? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is so weird. Uh, but it makes sense. I mean, by the time people would actually be in the building, it's going to be 60 out. Mm-hmm. That's the coldest it's been. Well, they said the only people that complain, they say it's cold a couple of weeks. And the only people that complain... At the church are the old folks, and mm. uh, it's like, okay. So. And they put on extra sweaters. But they're cold all the time anyway. Yeah. That's why they moved down here. It just blows my mind, because I'm still in, in T-shirts, mm-hmm. walking around, and I'm passing people with these full-on winter jackets. Oh, yeah. And I, today I was picking up Jenna, and this little girl was putting on her jacket to go out and play, a big old puffy thing. And and uh, she's, and the teacher looks at her and says, you need to go where, where James is from. You know, Pastor James is from. I'm like, we don't even wear those. No, not that there. warm. We layer, you know, uh-huh. so we can take some of it off. So, uh, but we did the same thing our first year in KC. I bought the biggest, puffiest jacket I could find. Oh my find. gosh, I remember we were so cold that first year. <laughs> Walking the dog, and it's like ten. Oh, we we're gonna die. Hated it. But they tell us that they tell me everybody that tells me that our blood's gonna thin out. And uh, whatever that means, and and we'll start getting as cold as everybody else. It might happen. So I'm set, I'm set against it though. That's why I refuse to put a coat on. 
I don't know. You you don't get cold anyway. Even in Kansas City, you rarely wore a coat. I'm getting cold, and I hate it. Oh. It's like it's like 65 out there, and I'm like... Really? <laughs> You're wearing a T-shirt. I, I will not give in. No, but it, it, when it's real wet outside, though, it is chillier than you would think of 65. Anyway. I'm not going to change my ways. I'm oh set gosh. against it. I'm just... I am. So... Good, because you don't have a light jacket. So, uh, so what do you think about the church? And, and uh, tell the people about your involvement. I really like the church. The people are super nice. They are. Um, White people are super nice. We have a great... They're super sensitive, though. Yeah, well, that's your fault, because you're not sensitive. Is that kind of a slam? <laughs> no, I, I am sensitive, but I, Kansas just, City toughened me up. You're just not good in the Ten years culture. in an inner city church, mm-hmm. you, you get tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's all these like Christianisms that w- oh, we've been out I of. I forgot about them too. We've been out of that for I 10 forgot years. About, like, let me tell you what I forgot. I forgot about lacy Bible covers. Mm, oh, quilted true. Bible covers. Just want to vomit every time well, I see one. And people, also, I also forgot about how older white ladies dress when they go to church. Like, no, not dress when they go to church, how they look all the time. Like you can spot this Christian lady at the from a mile away. They just have a look. Mm-hmm. Too much makeup, super sharp clothes, spiky hair. Yeah, you know, it's just a look. And I forgot about that. I know it's very hard for me because I, I'm trying to to change my look a little bit to uh, be a little more spiky hair. Yeah, your spiky, spiky hair, hair looks good. <laughs> Thank you. Also, like your super super tight outfit. No, super sharp. I've been trying to uh, dress up more for church and stuff. Yeah, that is. And true. I'm not really sure what to wear half the time. I How casual wear, can I be? I used to wear jeans and a and a untucked shirt every week. Mm-hmm. Now I wear I wear khakis and an untucked dress shirt every yeah, week. Yeah, because it's untucked still. Yeah. But I'm glad you don't tuck it because it would be dorky. Yeah, it would be very dorky. You'd look like Dunder did when he was a small group leader. I would be a small group leader. Yeah, it is different, but it's good different. You know, yeah. I love the church. Honestly, dude, we're picking on it, but it's it's super awesome. The leadership is awesome. The church is awesome. They they genuinely love people and care about people. Like one of the things we did for Christmas, it's a smaller church, not, not tremendously smaller, um, but one of the things we did is they had a list of every single person in the church that lost a loved one throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And we hand wrote uh, cards, condolence cards for them and sent them a poinsettia for every single person That's that really lost a cool. loved one. That's insanely awesome. We mm-hmm. never did anything like that, you know, before. So it, it's the little things that make a huge difference. I've also was a part of a... Um, a to- not a Toys for Tots so much, but kind of a clone of that. It was like a privatization version of it. We, we uh, between the church and the school, um, collected about 700, well, actually 700 plus toys. I think it was more like 736 toys and took it to the local Air Force Base mm-hmm. to distribute those to kids uh, who have parents abroad. Did you get to pass them out to the kids or you just gave them the we, toys? We did a ceremony and pack and unpacked them and, and another another agency or whatever is going to distribute them or has gotcha. distributed them mm-hmm. right now. Um, and then we I got sucked into some sort of uh, a, a Christmas extravaganza where I played a wise man mm-hmm. who wasn't very wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you it were, actually sounded a lot like this. It was a little bit embarrassing because you were sounding like JoJo and you were wearing a dress. I was just doing a redneck voice. My favorite mm-hmm. line was when they said, uh, 
They said, his name will be called Emmanuel. And my character said, Manuel, I knew he'd be Hispanic. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. And then um, and then we did a, a, a an event for the entire church. It was pretty nice. They had a comedian come out. And mm-hmm. I had to take him to the airport that night or the next morning and, and all this. And then we had another event. It was Christmas Eve service. And uh, I got I, I wrote and illustrated a story. Um a, a spin-off the Christmas story where it's called the very last room and the basic premise <coughs> is uh, that uh, imagine if you were a kid in the family that took the very last room in Bethlehem before Mary and Joseph showed up and uh, so that's it and you can actually find that I, I put it in a video if you look up uh, I'll put a link in the show notes at geeklovesnerd.com but you could YouTube it and look put it in the very last room or NL cast and um and you can find that. But it, it went over pretty well. What did you think? I thought it was really good. I thought it was awesome. It rhymes. One of my favorite Christmas stories ever now. Really? I really like it. It's so definitely... People, people are telling me I need to publish it. I think you should. I don't know what that means. I don't either, but I hope it means money. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be rude or anything, but... Well, people have yeah. offered to buy it, and I was just like, I don't know. Five bucks. <laughs> I'll take all, it. Is that all it's worth? Five dollars? Twenty. Oh goodness! Forty-five dollars. All right, yeah, all right, all right, nerd, back oh my up. Gosh. Oh. But anyway, life's not cheap here in Florida. <laughs> it's not cheap to live in a vacation destination. Well, we've been here uh, what a little over a month. Yeah, about six weeks. And now. talk about all the family that's come to visit us. Let's see, my mom, my dad, separate occasions. Yep. My sister and her husband and her son came this past weekend. Yep. My mom. Your mom came, and she's coming again. Yep. I think that's it. Yeah. And how long have we lived here? Six weeks. That's almost a family member a week. Yikes. A little more love than... uh, Yeah, we we live uh, within four hours of of every family member we have now, Mm -hmm. except for my sister and brother-in-law, or two sisters and two brother-in-laws, actually. But uh, yeah, it's it's been... We're close to the beach. You know, it's everything Jen wanted. It is. It's we're, great. We still don't have any friends. No, but we're working we're on working that. We're working on that. We're making some. You can't really some make spare friends parts. in a month anyway. No. We were in Kansas City 10 years and we barely had not, any friends. Not as smelly as our family is. <laughs> That's right, especially the boy. So Jenna's in a school, a sort of kind of. She kinda. thinks she thinks it's school. Mhm. But uh the boy uh yeah, the boy's going to childcare once a week. One, once twice a twice week. A week. For uh, for a few hours, it's typically till what time? You know, noon till three. Till three, and that that's been the people are asking. You know, what about Jen's job and all this kind of stuff? That's kind of been the the in between that works for us. Is Jenna's in school every day of the week now, Monday through Friday. Uh, she loves it. She's eating it up. She she just thrives. She she was going nuts. Yeah, she, she was. was she was driving me crazy. And then the boy is doing childcare two times a week uh just till three and that allows jen to come into the office and i've been your personal slave for two, oh my gosh. two days a week you've been working with me at the church and coming in the office and it's been awesome i've been very efficient i you, think well you've been allowing me to do so much more stuff while you do all the stupid trivial crap <gasps> My job is important. <laughs> it is. Like, just today. I'm your slave. We, we, the office has been closed this week, but we went in this just today, and <coughs> and 
while we were there, you what? You unwrapped a bunch of candy canes and stuff that we had, you know, mm-hmm. done up for the Christmas Eve service, which was a huge job. You updated my calendars, uh, both online and uh, on the wall. You I, added a bunch of names and stuff and birthdays to my calendar. Mm-hmm. Updated a bunch of worker lists. Yeah. And and while you did all of that, oh, and you rearranged my office a little bit to get some stuff put where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. While you did that, I started my Sunday service prep, and I worked. I built the entire um, service for Wednesday night. I'm doing the youth service tomorrow night, and um, and checked my email. I mean, I would not have gotten I'm any of that done. I'm glad you got a chance to check your email. Without, you know, I, I would have just done what you did, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. have got. So it's like doubling my efforts. It's awesome. It's like in. Uh, in uh, in Return of the Jedi, when the guy says one of my favorite lines, when when he finds out that the Emperor's coming mm-hmm. to the Death Star, the uncompleted Death Star, he says, "We shall double our efforts. We shall double our efforts." He says it very fast, double our efforts, and uh, so that's that's what you do. I I want a pay raise though. That's the only problem I have with this job. You already make half of everything I bring home. I don't really get to use that the way I'd like to. But that keeps my wife sane, basically. Yeah, it does. And um. And so it's really, really good. It's been really good. The family's happy. Everybody's yeah, just generally out happy. Really well. So uh, let me talk about a little bit about uh, Christmas, though, because we've gotten all the way up to Christmas. What did you think about Christmas this year in in the sunny, sh- sunshine state? Did anything really blow about Christmas? Just one minor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we lived in Kansas City for ten years. I knew you were going to say this. Ten years. <laughs> And it never snowed on Christmas. It snowed there plenty of times, but never on Christmas. Um, this year, they got like 10 inches. A white the Christmas. One, and we like missed it by a month. <laughs> a month. I have wanted mm. a white Christmas since since I can remember. I since I had one as a child. Really funny because we've been, uh, I'd been on Facebook dogging out everybody from Kansas City about how we were going swimming, you know, and it's 16 in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was definitely like a, uh, a slap back. Yeah. Yeah. They got us back. Well, somebody told me the only time, you know, somebody who lives here told me the only time they miss the cold weather is Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Mm. And I, I think I'm in line with that. I love the sun here. It is so sunny yeah. and pretty. Every day, just about. But yeah, that on those days, I'm like, oh, <laughs> stupid. It's Florida heat. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, but Christmas itself, pretty good Christmas. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, we didn't spend a lot of money on each other this year. No, and, we didn't. Uh, we didn't spend a lot of money on the kids either, but I, I think it was they really good. We still ended up with a whole lot of well, stuff. Well, that's because we got family that spoils them stinking rotten. Yeah, that's true. That's why, one of the reasons why we don't spend a ton. Yeah, but we, uh, we, we ended up giving Jenna. Um, Jen's mom's DS, <coughs> which has been really, really popular to the point that we've had to restrict mm-hmm. her gaming. Yes. And then she also got a Leapster. So, yeah, she... Um, and she got a Leap Pad. Uh, it's tag, like a... Tag reader. Tag, yeah, tag reader from my mom, which she's loved that. But she is definitely... Uh, the geek in her is coming out mm-hmm. with that DS now. Yeah, we have to we have to keep it away. Whew. She could play that thing all day. Yeah. And she would, and she talks nonstop. But when she got that DS, yeah, you have to go hunt her down, find mm-hmm. her. She's balled up somewhere playing that thing, and she looks like a little mini James with she long does, hair. She does because she's kind of slouching and yeah. playing. Ugh. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm proud of her though. <coughs> Jen has a cough. If you haven't guessed, I'm so sorry, people. And she's had this for a while. It's a Florida cough. It's a fake cough. It's what happens when a green lizard crawls down your gullet. Oh my gosh. So, but yeah, I got. Uh, 
I got some video games. I uh, I got a PS3. So, or not for Christmas. I bought the PS3 myself. But we've been uh, trying out the wonderful world of Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive. It's a wonderful world. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't have nearly enough movies. I uh, heard a Creo uh, from a listener to Nobody's Listening at NLCast.com told me that uh, Blu-ray collecting is addictive. And really? I believe it. Yeah. Mm. There's so many cool features. Ah, uh. In, in the Blu-rays, so, so yeah. I got Sarah Palin's new book. I too. I got it for her. But I mean, I got it as a gift. Yeah, and you've already read it. I have. I read can, the can whole thing. Can you review it real quick? Uh, it's called Going Rogue by Sarah Palin. I was I was pretty impressed because um, I wasn't that impressed with her. You know, through the I didn't follow the election that closely, but the the things I did her I was heard I wasn't overly impressed, but um. No, I th- I think the book explained her very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was very positive. No, I thought it was good. It was really really interesting just good. to hear to hear how that. Do you think she wrote it herself, or did she have a ghostwriter? I don't know. She probably did write most of it herself. Mm. I mean, I'm sure it's been edited and all that good right. stuff, but I don't know. How on a scale of one to ten, how hot would you say Sarah Palin is? Um, I don't really think Sarah Palin's hot. Thanks. Really. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I'm a girl and I don't really think oh, any girls she, are hot. She's hot. I'd it vote for. It is so weird. It is weird, isn't it? Because <laughs> she's old, but she's she's really she's a pretty lady. I love those glasses. Everybody does. Oh, so she's made glasses cool again. Speaking of glasses, let's talk about our main topic here: men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Who in the heck wrote that book? I have no I'm idea. I'm gonna have to look it up real quick. What? Tell us real quick in a nutshell what the premise of the book is. The premise is that men and women communicate very differently and um, they try to meet each other's needs uh, through the way that their needs to be, their needs um, should be met rather than the way their spouse's needs should be met. So men try to communicate with women the way they would communicate with men. Right. And they expect that way back. Right. It, it, by the way, it's by John Gray, Ph.D. <coughs> it's an older book. You've probably heard of it. And I know. It, I think it was big in the 80s or yeah, maybe the 90s. I don't even know. But we, we picked up the uh, audio book. I listened to it on my trip from Kansas City to here. And then I was like, I laughed out loud to the whole thing because it was so me and Jen. And then uh, I had Jen listen to it, and she laughed at all the same parts. Mm-hmm. We didn't listen to the whole thing, but the first few chapters are key. The, the whole idea, obviously, is men are from Mars uh, that, you know, we, he, he kind of tells this fake story of how all these men were on Mars, all these women were on Venus, and, and they were doing women's stuff, and the men were doing men's stuff. But then they came together and had to start to try to learn each other. But then one day they woke up on Earth and found out uh, that they had forgotten completely about the other uh, gender and started trying to talk to each other as they did on their own planets. Mm-hmm. And from then on, they've always struggled. And so, yeah, that that men expect women to communicate to them the way men do, and and women do too. Uh, what are some of the some of the high or some of the, I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll just start because I, I always I never want you to feel like I'm talking the entire time, but I'll, I'll go through some of the stuff I remember and then you can comment and then you can do the same thing. But, uh, I, I remember (coughs) hearing the way men like to be communicated to and the way they talk to each other and the way women don't get it. I love the balance of the whole thing that it seemed like 
so many times I read books and it seems like men are insensitive jerks um, because they don't get women. But this one seemed really balanced in the fact that they really, he was very open and honest that women don't get the way men need to be communicated with either. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I'm trying to think of, of an example that he used, but like, uh, for instance, men don't like unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. We just don't like it. That's not what we do on Mars. Uh, we don't give advice to each other unless it's requested. And when it is requested, it's requested after everything we've after we've tried to figure it out ourselves completely, and and if we're at a wit's end, we'll ask somebody that we respect, and it's an honor to be asked. And so men take it very seriously when when advice is asked of them. And so, uh, what happens though is that bumps up against the way women are, because how are women? Women women talk about their problems all the time to anybody who will listen. And and they expect to get advice, but are no, I said that wrong. <laughs> I know I what you confused. mean. Go ahead. But um, you know, they, they talk about stuff all the time, but they're not particularly looking for advice. And Whereas men don't really discuss their problems unless they right. need advice. Men, men do not discuss problems. So what happens is when the woman comes to the man and and starts talking about her day, the man puts on his fix it hat and starts offering advice. Well, and then the woman's going, you don't understand me. You're not listening. La, la, la. And the man's offended because his his sage advice that he's been honored <laughs> to have been asked for is being rejected. And yeah. Jen and I have gotten into so many conflicts over oh that. Oh, my just gosh. Because all the time. I have great ideas that are going to fix everything. But all I want is empathy. All I want you to say is, dang, and that guys, sucks. Here's the deal. Not, uh, it, it really is that simple. <laughs> Let me just tell you how magical this book is. Seriously, the part I laughed at is he uses an example of a woman coming home from work. And she's like, uh, he goes through the bad part of it or the way that typically goes, you know, oh, I, I had a horrible day at work. And the man says, you should just quit your job. <laughs> well, I don't hate all of it. I just hate such and such. Well, you should go in there and you should tell him how it is. And da, da, da. Well, no, you just don't understand. And then it you know, erupts into a big mm-hmm. conflict. And then he goes through the, the real way it should go if we, if we communicate the way women want us to communicate. And it's just so stupid. <laughs> but it works. I don't mean stupid. I just mean it seems like I don't care. Because he goes, she comes home and she's like, oh, I had a really bad day. And he goes, oh. she says yeah so and so was really driving me crazy well that stinks yeah blah 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 blah. (laughs) and I'm laughing I'm like really that's all you have to do I sound like I don't even care because that's the way men share that's the way we show express love is by fixing things and wanting to help and especially when we feel like that you want our advice if another man came to you and said, I really need some help and such and such. I don't know how to deal with this. Oh, that sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a man would walk away offended. Dang. All right. So on the other hand, women are helpers. Mm-hmm. And they, and they always want to give advice. Like if men are if men are struggling with something, they don't want them to struggle. Yeah. They want to help. They want to help. Wanna, like but, when you were trying to figure out an event to do, and I'm like... Well, why don't you just call somebody or, you know, what about this? What about that? Yeah. Yeah. But what happens is men, when they have a problem, they don't 
initially go out and look for advice. They they go in their cave. There's this mm-hmm. concept of men on Mars go into a cave and they think about their problems. They don't talk about them. They think about them and they want to do it alone by themselves. And when they figure it out, they come out of their cave and they work on it. But so it, it, the example that they went through was a, a man getting to a party in a car, you know, with his wife. And he's having a hard time getting there. He's he's taking some wrong turns. And the wife starts to, because she loves him, not because she doubts him or thinks he's stupid, she starts to offer advice, unsolicited advice. And he feels stupid. And he starts thinking she doesn't trust him and starts thinking things like, if she can't trust me to get us to the party, how can she trust me with anything else in her life that's even more important? And he gets all frustrated and angry. And she doesn't understand why. Well, then they go through the the right way to do it. And that was uh, when he got frustrated and couldn't find where he was going, he got really quiet. She also decided to take a deep cleansing breath and be quiet, too. Eventually, he found his way to the party and everybody was happy. Which is really, (laughs) really, really hard for me to do. (laughs) It's almost impossible. It is. But she's tried that a few times. And does it work? Yeah. (laughs) It works fabulously. It's very hard, though. Because men don't. Men don't. <coughs> it, it has helped me to realize that when she offers advice, she it's not because she thinks I can't do it, and and because she's stupid. But I'm going to tell you, it is my gut level reaction that any time you mention anything like that, that I I think you don't trust me. I think you think I'm stupid. I think you think you know, all these things. But Jen has learned that that's what that does to men, not just me, but to men in general. Mm-hmm. And she's quit offering help until I ask for it. Yeah, and um, I, I try to keep that in mind. I'm not very perfect with it, but <laughs> but how do you, how would you say it has affected our life? This knowledge, this wonderful knowledge. I think it's been wonderful because these times when I'm having a really rough time, it gives me an opportunity to really talk things out. And and it used to make me so mad when you would give me advice because it felt like you didn't care about my problem. You were just trying to fix yeah, it. Yeah, you would literally say. Uh, you just want me to get over it. And I'm like, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's what we do, you know. But it's funny. Women, for some reason, talking it out it seems to diffuse but the problem. But to a man, it seems like talking about it just is mire, is rolling around in mm-hmm. pig slop. It's like, get up, get out of it, and move on. That's because men don't, they don't, they don't get into the details. But wallering in it actually... Helps me get over it. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's so Very opposite weird. of the way we work. Mm-hmm. But once I figured that out, and it's not super complicated, it has really made a huge difference. As much of a difference as the love languages, probably more than the love languages did. Mm-hmm. Because it, it and, and the firstborn book, uh, the birth order book, this one, it's just a simple uh, read. It's quick. It goes into relationships. It goes into things like intimacy and how men are and women are. And, it, and it's all good. You probably need to finish the audiobook, But just that opening bit uh, made such a huge impact on us. I started using it before, uh, during the move-in, before Jen even got a hold of it. And I was just stinking blown away when I, I just well started worked, saying huh? things like, dang. <laughs> and, <laughs> really? And now I was authentic. But I really, I really felt like I was going to get in trouble at first because I'm like, no way. It can't be this simple. She's going to be like, you know, but she really thought I cared. I know. I was going to say, I thought that he had changed so much. Like, wow, he really cares when I well, have a problem. It, but, but the thing is, I didn't care more. 
because I always did care. Yeah. I was just expressing how I cared wrong. Mm-hmm. I was doing it in my way, in the man way, and it didn't translate. And so, you know, once, once I learned the secret and just, but I felt like I was cheating. I felt mm-hmm. like a dude watching the football game going, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. But you said your cares in a, in a very uh, good way. Yeah, I did. It was legit, but it felt like I wasn't giving you anything, just the same way as it would drive you crazy to sit there and be quiet. Yeah. But a, a couple things that I really pulled out of that book was this whole concept of um, you going into your cave. Because I've seen you do that, mostly in connection with your computer. Mm-hmm. I've, I learned a long time ago that when your computer was messed up, to just stay out of your way, <laughs> to just let you deal with it completely and and not try to get involved. Because I will not stay try up to all help. night but yeah, to fix it. But trying to help or trying to support you or whatever I thought could help you. Because I'd bite your face off. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So I learned to stay away, and I, I finally, you know, especially hearing in the book, it clicked in my head that I see this pattern of, okay, what you do is you, you go and you try to fix it, and you might take a break for a little while. Right to process a problem in your head. So you could be playing a video game and you're really trying to fix your computer. That's right. In your head, which is weird to me because it seems like you're not doing anything to help your problem. But it helped me understand that, okay, if I if I see him do all this, this is why. He's just trying to figure out what's going, you know, how that, to fix that, it. That's true. I, I forgot about that part, how men process their problems by keeping it internal and they get really quiet mm-hmm. and they may go play a video game or they may go hit some golf balls or whatever, whatever, and then they figure it out. And, and it drives women crazy because when a man gets quiet, what happens in a woman's head? Oh, they you think they need to talk about their problems because that's what a girl does. So they try to draw it out. Well, do you want to talk about it? Well, and they get closer I, and or closer. Or they start giving advice. And, yep. or, and then what does the man do when the woman gets close? They, they, yeah, they pull they away it. further and further and further because they need that time alone. And once, um, once we've had that time... We're fine. Yeah. But, uh, another, um, it's it's a little bit unrelated, but another interesting thing that, that they said in that book is um, something about uh, when a man is about to, to really decide to make a commitment for marriage, or I think it was marriage specifically, mm. that men will have a tendency to, before they make that final commitment, or I think it's, it's any commitment, I don't know that it was specifically marriage, they will... Um, have to pull away for a second. They um, will actually become more distant to the female than... Um, what is that? Hold on. I think it's a dog. It's a dog. Weird. We'll be right back, people. Sorry about that. Some yappy dog from the condominiums across okay. the way. Yeah. But anyway, um, go ahead. But um, my main point is, you know, especially when you're in a, a more serious relationship, there comes a point when... At least he said it, and I even remember you doing it, where a man almost needs his space and will seem to pull away uh, kind of emotionally or physically or, or any of those things um, and and come to a, a place where he's kind of ready for the next level. Yeah, he, he likens it to a rubber band that, that we, we've got to stretch and pull away and then we'll snap back. Mm-hmm. And the reason he says is because men are loners. They're, they, they need to be feel independent and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know how much I agree with that, but because I don't, I don't know that I do that. 
it wasn't in regards specifically to marriage that I remember. It was just a general cycle that men mm-hmm. go through. And that's when it got really complicated and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Listen to all that. But the big thing for me was that, that opening part about how men pull away uh, to go and do their cave thing. And then ladies come in and try to... Uh, try to pull stuff out of them and get them to talk about mm-hmm. it. And it just, that's just not how we work. And it's really helped us so much. Even, even me, uh, in ministry with the ladies that I work with in ministry, <coughs> I've begun to, when they come to me with their problems and their issues and stuff, I allow them to vent and I'll, cause I used to just want to fix everything. Mm-hmm. And the thing is I've learned is, is yeah, there are still problems that need fixing, but I, me talking about fixing them is not going to fix the problem that's going on inside her brain. Right. Like like with Jen, if she comes to me and she's frustrated about the way the kids are acting, the kids need to be straightened out. But me telling her how how I've already planned out a 13-week schedule to, to <laughs> recreate our children from the core out, that's not going to help. I, I, that's not the time to do it. So men, you know, my suggestion would be, just say the yes and the ha-ha's and all oh, that stinks and I understand and give them the hug and reassure them and all that. And then after she feels better, go and fix the problem. Just mm-hmm. go fix it. But don't talk about it and, act, and expect you – because then what happens is we talk about how we're going to fix it. It doesn't help the wife. Then she, then you feel like she doesn't trust you, that you're not any good. You don't know what you're doing. You know, oh, my gosh. And she thinks you're insensitive and you don't understand. Ugh. So yeah, put into practice some of this. Get this book or, or you know the audio book, and uh, and check it out. It's awesome. It's awesome. We are as different as people from on two different planets, mm-hmm. and nobody tells you this stuff. No, it took not, us thirteen. Not even in premarital counseling. Years. Yeah, I, I just I think it's because nobody knows. No. So. Oh, oh, talk about there was one thing about intimacy that was really important, and it was about how women give too much. To compensate for the men pulling away, do you remember that part? Because that's coming into play mm-hmm. in our in our lives too. How how they want to if a man if they feel like a man's oh, not yeah. giving love because that was mm-hmm. the next part about how people give love and express love and men express love by doing and this that and the other but a woman will will express love uh, by giving too much and I don't remember every detail but I know that I've seen that in you that that you. You want to you want to give you want to do things and you don't want to ask me, mm-hmm. and so then you don't, but then you get it ends up translating into you doing more than you should have to do, and then you're mad about it because I haven't done anything. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to say about that? No. Um, <laughs> basically, and I think it's some it's definitely something I've I've done and I've seen other women do it too, where you. You do everything, you, you know, cook dinner, give the kids a bath, uh, put them to bed. You know, you do absolutely everything. And then you end up mad at your husband by the end of the night because he didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the better way to do that is is to, you know, just flat out ask for help. I mean, I think women think that they shouldn't have to ask, that men ah. should just be able to anticipate and notice and, and, you know, just jump up and, and do part of the job. But I think that's probably a women, a woman thing. Yeah. To, Cause you know, I, I would assume from your perspective, you don't want to jump in my territory. Right. You know, if, cause I don't want to offer unsolicited advice. Yeah. Exactly. Cause that's the way we are. And, yeah. and I want to let you do the job on your own. 
And if because it, that's the way I would want to do it. And if it seems taken care of, then why should you? You know, and women are, like you said, helpers by nature. So if two women were in a room, they would feel the need to help each other. But men right. aren't really wired like that. Nope. But um, one thing that's worked very well with you is seems to be just say, James, can you give the kids a bath? Yeah. You know, just give one thing you that doesn't work, ladies, is when you say to like if the temp- if you want me to go and change the temperature, you don't start saying, man, it's really cold in here. You know, or. Uh, you don't you don't hint you just simply ask mm-hmm. james can you go and turn the heat up that works right. so well cuz it's like yes you've given me a job <coughs> you've given me a goal i can do that i can do it very easily and i can make it happen mm-hmm. men like tasks mm-hmm. they like jobs and so you know not when are you going to get around to doing that james will you do this and the other yeah. so i don't know it's good stuff go read it for yourself people don't don't rely on us for yeah all we're not them, very good book reviewers no, honestly we're but. horrible <laughs> we hate ourselves so anyway it's time for some ask Jen questions you want some I'm or ready do you, want, do you want to cough at all before we get started <coughs> nah there you go dear Jen have you ever had fans show up at your church service in Kansas City just to meet you no no would you and James be flattered or creeped out if that happened at your new location. Mm, I don't know. What what did he say? I'll bet your growing podcast popularity would bring in many new church members. I know that I would attend if I lived in your area. Does that make me a stalker? I, too, am going through a major life change, and it gives me confidence to hear how well your move has worked out for you all. Wishing you a very blessed holiday season, Monica, in Northwest Florida. So, would it creep you out if somebody from the show came to our church? I don't think so. We've already met up with some people from the church. Actually, or I mean, from from the show, uh, uh, a guy. What? Where did we go? We went to Tampa mm-hmm. and had lunch with uh, Sam Lucere mm-hmm. and his family. That was pretty cool. And the baby puked on me. And the baby threw up all over Jen. Yep. Yep. That it was, was great. It was a lunch to remember. And it was great. It's great hanging out with people who are um, who have kids. Because mm-hmm. then they're like, then you don't have to worry as much nah, about your getting kids. puked on, having it slide down your your clothes. It really uh, didn't look so bad because he puked down your shirt. Yeah, it felt horrible. You couldn't see it from the outside. It leaked everywhere. It was awful. That was the worst ever. <laughs> and then I got sick the next day. Yep. No, two days later. Jenna, no, the boy got sick. <laughs> Jenna got sick. You got sick. And you escaped. And I it. escaped the pukiness. It was awesome. But I was sick yesterday or day before rather. Hey, somebody says okay. So hi. It's somebody. I prefer to stay anonymous. Sorry for my misspellings. I'm in sixth grade. And I was wondering what to tell your mom if you want to start shaving your legs. Tell her that you want to start shaving your legs. This person has been sending me lots of uh, tween-ish style emails Mm -hmm. about boys and wanting advice from you on all these topics. And I keep telling her, go talk to your mom. Yes. And she says, what does my mom know about boys? I'm like, I'm assuming she married one because she had you. <laughs> my mom doesn't want to talk about boys. I'm like, that's because you're in sixth grade. <laughs> Quit talking to me. We're not a, a tween advice column. No. We're a marriage and family podcast. Yes, we cannot help you shave your legs. We I'm will sorry. not. <laughs> I, I'm opposed to that on every level possible. Yes. <laughs> Opposed to leg shaving? Yeah, well, just helping. Oh. Anybody <laughs> yeah. at all. I ask will... your mom, ask your older sister. Yes, for the love. It's not rocket science, but that's why you're in sixth grade. 
No offense. Our daughter will eventually be in sixth grade, too. Well, that pretty much wraps mm-hmm. up our show. Jen, is there anything you'd like to say as a closing thing? Would you, anything you'd like to sing, perhaps? Uh, no singing. Oh. <laughs> Put it away. <laughs> Turn it off. Whatever. <laughs> That's unsolicited singing oh, advice. Oh, man. So, yeah, get the book. Check it out. And send us. Uh, let me just go through the ways you can contact us real quick. Um, check us out. Oops. Obviously, at geeklovesnerd.com. You can join forums and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Email us. At uh, geek, I'm sorry, James at geeklovesnerd.com. That'd be a great way to email us. You can call us to our 9203 GLN GLN 9203 GLN GLN. Do that, and uh, we'll love you. So, we're gonna get out of here. Thanks, Jen, for doing a show with me. We're going to try to do these regularly. Yeah, we will. Until next time, remember, uh, I loved you. I loved you, too. Geek loves